You are listening to the Veterinary Life Coach Podcast with Dr. Julie Capel, episode number 27. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for joining me today. I'm excited today to talk about boundaries, specifically setting boundaries with clients, coworkers, and family members. I find that often our time gets consumed during the day because we don't set proper boundaries around that time. The majority of our time is spent at work, and our work can often interfere with our home life, and it often does. So it's important to set boundaries with clients, with your team members or coworkers, and that can be critical to maintaining your work-life balance or your work-life harmony that we've talked about before. Creating boundaries also shows your boss, your clients, and your colleagues that you respect yourself and that you have a backbone. When you respect yourself enough to create boundaries, other people will likely learn to respect you too. So when creating boundaries at your hospital, it's best if you can set them before you even take your job at that particular hospital. With some of you, it may be too late for that if you're already working somewhere and you weren't intentional about setting up the boundaries before you took the job, you may have to start from where you are. But if you're getting ready to take a new job and if you can create your boundaries before you take that job, it's going to be easier for you to enforce those boundaries, especially with your new boss and at your new hospital. Be sure before you take that job that you understand what you're being asked to do and what you're signing on for, because it can be tricky. If you want to be seen as a team player, if you want to be seen as a hard worker, you have to communicate your boundaries early on so that your practice manager or your associates and the managing doctor at your practice understands what your boundaries are. And if you have that understanding up front, it's going to be a lot easier moving forward when those boundaries are violated to call that out. When you sign on for a new job, it should be perfectly clear to the people that are hiring you what your boundaries are. Make sure that everything is clearly outlined and that will make it so much easier getting those boundaries met. So how do you go about setting up your personal boundaries? I think the most important thing when you're considering setting up your boundaries is thinking about your values. You cannot work in an environment that doesn't adhere to your moral and ethical standards. It's very important that you know what your morals are, you know what kind of medicine you want to practice, you know what your ethical standards are, and then being as sure as you possibly can be that the hospital that you're hiring into aligns with those morals and ethics. My first job out of veterinary school was a job in which they practiced medicine that did not adhere with my ethical and my moral standards. Their financial practices were not ethical in my opinion. Their morality when dealing with certain things in practice and with clients did not line up. And so we have to understand what our values are before we can take on a job. Because when I was in this job, once I got there and understood that our values didn't line up, I had to then make a decision uh, what I was going to do about it. 
And if you listen to my podcast on epic failing, you will see that I didn't make the right choice at that time, but I learned a valuable lesson about being sure that I had boundaries around my medicine ethically and morally. So the first thing to understand is what are your values? What are your morals? What are your priorities? You know, really think that through. What is the priority in your life? Is it work? Is it home? Is it somewhere in between? Is it your parents? Is it your vacations? What exactly are your priorities? Do you have family members that need you to care for them that may influence your time at work and at home? Do you have parents that need caring for or pets at the home that need caring for? You may need to draw some boundaries about overtime or late night call. Do you have hobbies that you want to pay attention to or that take up your time? Do you like volunteering? Do you have church things that you want to commit time to? Are you a runner? Are you a cycler? What is it exactly that's important to you? And then be sure that you create boundaries in order to protect your mental and physical health. So knowing what you value will help you to start making a list of your priorities and then enable you to create boundaries. The next thing that you need to do when defining boundaries is to clearly communicate them. And this can be really difficult because it can get uncomfortable when you have a list of what you think of as demands, even though you're trying to set healthy boundaries for your life, it may be hard for you to communicate these clearly. Let's take an easy example from my own hospital. If I set a boundary with my team about swearing or yelling at the hospital, I have a boundary because I think swearing and yelling at a veterinary hospital doesn't communicate professionalism. So I have to be very solid in this value, and I am then I have to communicate that to the team. So it's up to me to communicate with my team directly that we don't allow swearing at our hospital. I don't want to hear anything, any kind of language that might be offensive to a client or offensive to another team member. And we don't condone yelling as well. We don't yell. So if I set this boundary at my hospital, and I have, then it's my job to communicate it clearly. So I have created my value around it. I have communicated it clearly. And then it's my job to follow through with consequences if somebody is yelling or swearing. So in the case of my hospital, if I hear somebody say a swear word, especially if it's in in the earshot of where a client could hear it, I need to immediately jump on it and warn them and say, that's not acceptable, that's not professional. And if somebody insists on continuing to be a potty mouth, then I've got to take them aside. If they can't control that kind of behavior, take them aside and give them a verbal or a written warning, and also talk to them about the reasons that we have this boundary. Because we want our hospital to be seen as being very professional. And in my mind, swearing or yelling does not convey professionalism. Now, there could be another veterinary hospital where this is perfectly acceptable. There are cases where sometimes swear words slip out at my hospital. Say, for an example, if we're in the back and a bird bites us and we accidentally 
might curse or something, um, as long as it's away from the clients, it's a little bit easier to deal with. But I still don't like it because we still have to stick to our standards. And so if it does happen outside of earshot of a client, of course, we will say something about it, but we won't make a big federal case about it. But as a general rule, it's not something that we tolerate. We don't yell at pets. We don't yell at each other. We don't swear at pets. We don't swear at each other. That is a boundary that I've set. And so as long as it is very well communicated to my team, then they should respect that boundary. And if it's something that they cannot respect and they cannot adhere to, then at some point they're going to get enough warnings that they're going to be asked to leave because I have created a clear boundary around swearing in my practice. So any kind of behavior you want in your practice, that's kind of an extreme example because I hope most people have that standard in their hospital. But if you don't, or if you want to create something like that in your hospital, you just have to decide what your values are and how you want your life in your hospital to be run and then communicate that to your team. And then when somebody doesn't adhere to that boundary, you have to be willing to follow through. And that's super important. Now, remember that not everybody is going to adhere to your boundary because as humans, people get to do whatever they want to do, regardless of the boundaries that you've set. So I could hire an employee that just loves to swear or just loves to yell, and they can do that. I cannot control their behavior. But if they choose to do that while they're at my hospital, then I can create a boundary around that and change their employment. So they can continue to swear, they can continue to yell, but it will no longer be at my hospital. And that's what's important about creating boundaries is realizing that you're not going to be controlling people's behavior, but you are going to be setting the boundary and controlling what you can control. And so if that takes having them leave the practice, then that may be the action that you have to take. And that's okay because we're not trying to control people. We're just trying to adhere to the boundaries that we've set up in the hospital. So if you make a boundary request and you don't follow through on it when it's violated, then you've made idle threats and idle threats aren't going to get you anywhere. So a boundary with no follow through, it will diminish your own self-respect and also diminish the self-respect of your colleagues. So don't forget that you have to follow through. Now, part of the confusion that often comes up with boundaries is people think that a boundary is just saying no to something without giving an explanation. And you have the right to say no to any request. And it's just because you don't want to. You can say no without it being a boundary. Sometimes we think about our own boundaries. Let's say it's the time you spend on your physical health. And we feel like we have to justify our saying no to the other person. So let's say that somebody wants you to eat a cupcake. They bring cupcakes to work and you've set a boundary for yourself that you're not going to eat sugar this week. This is a really simple example, but it probably happens weekly in my, in my life. So somebody brings in cupcakes and they spend a lot of time making them. They're super excited about their cupcakes and they want you to eat one and you decide to say no. Now that's not necessarily a boundary. It can be 
If you've promised yourself you're not going to eat cupcakes, then that is a boundary. But just because you've said no, just because you've set a boundary, doesn't mean that you need to explain yourself, doesn't mean that you need to make an excuse or lie about it. You don't have to say, oh, I don't feel well today. That's why I won't eat one of your cupcakes. You can just say no. You don't have to justify yourself. So it's okay to say no without creating some sort of arbitrary excuse around it or making some sort of lie around it. It's okay for you to do what you want to do. So whether it's boundary or not, saying no to something is okay. When a boundary is violated, it's not uncommon for people to get upset and ruminate about the boundary violation for days and not bring it up right away. So it's very important if somebody violates one of your boundaries, it's very important for you to reinforce it immediately and try to do so in the moment closest to when that violation were to occur. For instance, in your practice, if um, one of your coworkers is gossiping about another coworker, and this is a common one because there oftentimes is gossip. If someone starts gossiping around you and you don't want to get pulled into the drama, then you need to, in that moment, clearly but politely, right in that moment, say that you don't want to participate in gossip. In the moment, that's going to be a little bit uncomfortable. Your team member that wants to gossip is going to look at you and maybe feel a little bit sheepish because they were gossiping and you were uncomfortable about about participating or you didn't want to deal with it and you had the guts to say so, they're going to feel a little bit uncomfortable and that's okay. If you're somebody like me that's really heavy into harmony, that's going to be a hard thing to do because I want everyone to be happy. But if I've created a boundary around gossiping and I've decided in my own mind that I'm not going to participate in workplace gossip anymore, then I need to have the guts in that moment to speak up for myself and tell that person that I'm not going to participate. If that person's feelings get hurt, or if they go away and gossip to somebody else about us being crabby or whatever they want to say about us, it's not our business. It's not our problem. You have adhered to your boundary and you have protected your time by not participating in that gossip. And that's very important. Another way that we can create better boundaries is to set up some structure at home and during our home routine. When we are leaving the hospital and deciding that we're gonna leave our work behind, and that's our boundary, that when we leave work, now we're on home time, we're gonna schedule our home time to make that happen. For example, put your phone away when you leave the hospital as far as text messaging or phone calls go. Don't check your email. You can create that boundary when you're at home. If you decide you want to spend time with your family, if you want uninterrupted time with the people that you love, then you need to create some home boundaries. It's also important to have a day or some time during the week, even if it's only a few hours, where you're going to set a boundary around focusing on yourself and taking care of your emotional and mental needs. So getting those values written down, if you can sit down at some point and say, here are my values. Here's what I hold true for myself around morals, around ethics, around my time. And I can write all those things down. What's important to me 
then I can start to create this list of boundaries. And then once I'm truly ingrained and I know exactly what my boundaries are, then I can begin to implement them. So as we start to implement our boundaries, once we've gotten them all figured out, it's helpful to prepare for when your boundaries are going to get violated because you know you know that that's going to happen. You know that somebody is not going to honor your boundaries. So in my swearing example, my job would be to prepare myself for when somebody is either swearing or yelling in my hospital. So I have to remember that it's going to happen. And then I'm going to prepare for when it does happen is how I'm going to handle it. So I don't procrastinate. So I don't let it go. So I call it out. I have to be prepared in usually a nice way. Like if somebody were to swear, I all I would have to do probably in order to, to enforce my boundary would be to say, hey, watch your language. Or, hey, that's not professional. If I said something that succinct and that immediate in the moment, I'm sure that the person that was swearing would get the message. And I'm sure that my boundary would be honored at that point. And then if that person chose not to continue to behave in the proper manner, or if they continue to swear or yell, then that would be the time that I would be prepared to pull them into an office and have a one-on-one conversation with them about why their behavior is not productive and why they're violating my boundary. So preparing for boundary violations is something that's super important, and you also have to be prepared to tell the truth. If someone sends you a text message when you have decided on a phone boundary for your home time when you're with your family, you need to plan out what you're going to do when one of the team members texts you or calls you during your off time, what will you do? Will you not answer it until the next time that you have scheduled to do work? Will you pick it up and ask them not to text you again? Will you answer them and then ask them politely not to do it again? What exactly are you prepared to do? You have to be prepared to honor your boundary or else it's not gonna stay a boundary. People are going to walk all over you, and that's when boundaries get violated, and that's when you're not respecting yourself. So if you think ahead of time what you're going to do and decide ahead of time exactly what you're going to do, you're more likely to stick to it and act immediately. You're more likely to tell the truth, and you're more likely to be honest about those boundary violations. So it takes some time and practice, and your boundaries will get crossed. But instead of viewing those violations of your boundaries as a step backwards, see it as an opportunity to gain insight and then improve on your boundary setting. So if you fail, if I hear somebody swear or yell in my practice and I don't immediately jump on it, and then later I'm beating myself up about that because I didn't honor my boundary, then I just need to step back and see it as an opportunity to improve for the next time. I need to go into my head and prepare myself for the next time that this boundary gets crossed. Now, I'm sure some of you are thinking, what if I'm not the person in charge at my hospital? What if I have a moral or a value that I consider a strong boundary, but my employer or my hospital or someone in my hospital doesn't have those same morals or values? How do I deal with that situation? 
And what I would say to that is you have to continue to set your boundaries. So if I worked at a veterinary hospital that where everybody was swearing, what I would probably do is first talk to my employer and say, do you find this a problem? Do you disagree with me that this is a professional way to behave? And have the conversation. It's going to be a little bit uncomfortable, but you can do it in an honorable way. And you can try to understand the other person's boundaries. What do they find valuable and important? And in some cases, those other people are going to agree with you, but they're going to be the type of people that don't know how to enforce boundaries. And so they may agree with you that yelling is not professional, and they may agree with you that there's too much yelling in their practice, but they're afraid to set the boundary and have those strong communications. Now, if that's the case, if you sit down with your boss or your practice manager, whatever, and you have this conversation and you're both on the same page, but they just don't want to be the one to enforce the boundary, then what I do in that situation is ask if it's something that the two of you can work on together. Because sometimes if you can get several people working on the same boundary, especially when you're working with a group in a practice and you can create the boundary as a team, it's going to be much easier to enforce because it's hard to have a boundary in your hospital that only one person values. But if the entire hospital can agree on a value, then it can become a strong boundary. And what I would probably do in this case, and I, I keep using the swearing and the yelling as an example because I think it's a pretty concrete one. It's pretty easy to define. But if I was going to have this conversation with my boss and there was a lot of yelling and swearing in my hospital and I went to the boss and I said, look, do you think this is right? I, I feel uncomfortable with this. And they agreed with me. The next step that I think we should take as a team, the two of us, would be to talk to the team at the next team meeting and just say, okay, we've noticed that there's a lot of yelling and swearing in our hospital. Do you all agree? We have decided that this is not professional, and we have decided that from this day forward, we are going to create a boundary around this, and we are no longer going to swear. We are no longer going to yell at this hospital. And if this violation is crossed, and here's the key, if you're going to set a boundary, you have to communicate what the consequences are going to be because it's not a boundary unless there's some consequences. The consequence is going to be, if somebody is swearing or yelling, is we're going to talk to you the first time. We're going to ask you to stop. We're going to remind you that this is a new boundary. The second time we hear it, you are going to get a verbal warning. The third time, you're going to get a written warning. The fourth time, you're going to lose your job. If you can make it that concrete and that severe, and then the key is you have to follow through, then you've created a boundary. Now, let's say the opposite is true, and you go to your boss and you say, I have a moral value around swearing and yelling at the hospital because I think that it's unprofessional. And that seems to be going on a lot around here. What do you think? And your boss says, your boss, let's say they start swearing and they say, hey, it's perfectly fine. It doesn't bother me one bit. I don't care if everybody yells and screams as long as the pets are getting well cared for. Now this problem is on you and you have to decide how well you want to adhere to this boundary. In my case with my first hospital, I didn't hold to my boundary. 
I didn't agree with what they were doing morally and ethically in a lot of cases, and I would speak up. But when they continued to violate those boundaries, I didn't quit, and I should have. And as you all heard my story before, you know it ended badly. So you just don't want to work somewhere that your boundaries are continuously being crossed and there's nothing you can do about it. So if you decide you have a completely toxic work environment and you can't see any way to change it, then sometimes you have to think about leaving. It doesn't mean you have to quit immediately, but you can work to change it by having meetings with the other people at your hospital and talking it through. But if you've got leadership that is totally out of alignment with your morals and ethics, then that's the time to start looking for another job because there's so many people in the world, there is going to be another hospital that aligns with you. And that's what you have to remember, that there's no reason to put yourself in a situation where you feel uncomfortable every day. And that goes for your home boundaries too. If you have a hospital that's constantly stepping on the boundaries that you create around your home time, your vacation time, overtime, and it continues to be a problem, your first job is to speak up and talk to management and tell them, look, I really have this boundary around my home life. And when I hired on here, it was agreed that I was going to be working 40 to 50 hours a week. And now it's gotten into 80 and it's cutting into my home time. I really need to set a boundary around this. What can we do? And if management isn't up to changing your schedule for you or helping you adhere to your boundaries in some way, then it's your job to start looking for another more suitable place for you to work. And this is super important because this is all about your mental health and about protecting yourself. A boundary is stating what you're going to do if a person continues a behavior that you've set your boundary around. You're not telling someone how to behave. They can always behave how they want to. So the boundary itself is you telling them what you're going to do if they continue their poor behavior. You can always say no without explaining yourself. You don't have to make an excuse. It's always in your power to say no to anything. Don't feel like you always have to make some kind of excuse because people get to do whatever they want to do. And you're not controlling anybody's behavior. Whether they're going to like you or not is all up to them. If you make a boundary request and you don't follow through, then you're only making idle threats. That's what's important. So in order to set boundaries with clients, coworkers, and family members, we're going to first understand our values and morals. We're going to set up our boundaries and communicate them clearly. And then when it's time to enforce those boundaries, we're going to communicate quickly and clearly about why our boundaries are being crossed and what exactly we're going to do about it. So let's take a client example, because I think for us, that's the hardest thing. It's really hard to set boundaries with clients because we always feel like they are always right and we have to bow down to whatever they want us to do. And that's part of the frustration in our job is trying to set boundaries with clients. So let's stick with my swearing example. And I'm sticking with this because it's pretty concrete and easy to explain. Because I have a boundary around swearing in my hospital, I also have that same boundary with clients. My team knows that clients cannot swear at us. I've communicated to my team 
that because it's unprofessional for us to swear at clients, it is also unacceptable for clients to swear at us. I have given all of my team permission that if a client starts to swear at us on the phone for any reason, doesn't matter if they're upset, it doesn't matter if we made a mistake, it doesn't matter anything. But if a client is swearing on the phone, the first thing that we are to do is to ask them to stop because that is creating the boundary. We can say to the client, I don't like you using that kind of language with me. I would appreciate it if you would stop. If the client doesn't stop and they continue to swear, then I've given all of my team permission that they can quietly hang up on the client. And basically they are to say, because you have chosen to continue to swear at me, I am going to hang up now. Click. My team knows that that's acceptable. And I don't care how mad the client gets because I'm not trying to control their behavior. I'm trying to give my team the ability to stick to our boundaries and enforce our boundaries. So my team knows that if a client is abusive or swears or is ugly to them and yells at them on the phone, they can politely ask the client to stop. They can politely say, if you continue this behavior, I'm going to hang up. And then if the client continues the behavior, they are to hang up. And the same thing applies in the hospital. If a client's yelling or if a client's swearing, they need to politely ask the client to stop. And if they don't, they need to politely ask the client to leave. And that is a strict boundary. And that's how you follow through on boundaries. And that's the best example I can come up with for you. Some of the things that we set boundaries around are a little bit more difficult than that. That one's pretty concrete and pretty easy to keep. But I just want you to know that it's possible and it's doable. And if it means getting more time with your family, that's important to you, then you need to be strong and create that boundary. Most of the team members, most of your employers, most of the veterinarians out there will understand and they will help you. And if you have somebody that doesn't want to adhere to the things that you're setting, then that's the time that you need to start looking for another job. And that is a lesson that you will learn if you don't, if you don't honor your boundaries. So remember, if you don't set boundaries, then you're not honoring yourself. Your boundary is never about trying to control other people. Your boundary is always about trying to protect yourself. Thank you so much for listening to me today. I really appreciate your attention and I hope some of this talk about boundaries was helpful. If you like what you're hearing on the podcast, please send me an email at jacapelldvm at gmail.com. You can go to my Facebook page to look up my blogs if you like to read those. And you can sign up for my weekly words of encouragement. Every Wednesday, I send out an email and I try to do kind of a mini version of these podcasts and blogs in writing. So if you like to get a little encouraging email every week, sign up for that. Feel free to contact me to give me any feedback and leave me a five-star review on iTunes if you can. I'd really appreciate it. Thanks again for listening today. Have a beautiful week. Bye.